This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello, and we are back with the Everton Fan Podcast this week, a day later than usual. This is The View from the Gladys Street, this is the Royal Blue Channel, and this is your weekly dose of Everton therapy. I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and this week I'm joined by Rob Astle and Graham Carlton. How are we, lads? Not too bad, mate, thanks. Not bad, not bad. Good. Uh, the focus on this week's pod, very much relating to Everton's draw with Manchester United on Sunday. We will, of course, talk about the match, but the subplots may be more of interest to you than the actual game. Yes, we're obviously going to talk about the fast, that is VAR, and we'll also be talking about the match officials, Chris Cavana and John Moss. Dominic Carvert-Lewin and Jordan Pickford are also on the agenda, and we'll finish off with a brief look at the Chelsea game on Sunday. Lads, um, let's start. Um, first of all, let, let's start with just the performance. We'll go into VAR, we'll work, we'll work our way into it. Um, Graeme, let's start with you. First time you've been on for a while, so um, what did you make of the performance? And how, did we did we do enough for the win? I think it was a, it was a game of two halves, wasn't it? Kind of. I think first half, I think United probably had the better of it. I think they they found it quite easy to play through midfield. Um, and I don't think we had the energy, certainly off the ball. Um, I think they had the better of the first half. Second half, we we were the better side for me. Um, did we do enough to nick it? We scored a perfectly good goal, in my opinion. So, so yeah. Um, but overall, on the balance of play, first half, second half, I'd say a draw. You can't really argue. It, it was it was probably a fair result. But the end of the game sort of you know puts a taint on it, doesn't it? Because you know, we should have won it. The goal should have stood. I'm at it already. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird first half, wasn't it? Because we started off well, but then kind of let United back into it. Obviously, the goal hasn't helped, but second half, like Graham said, we, we obviously dominated. But what were your thoughts on it, Rob? Yeah, like, we got off to, like, that great start from the guy's howler. Um, and then we had that chance just after, didn't we? Um, Carver-Lewin runs through, and the guy makes amends and makes a great save. And it, it was almost like that kicked United into life. Because I felt after that, we couldn't really get near them. Um, and I think I said to you at half-time, I thought we were really poor in that first half. Mm. Um, without United creating loads. Um, and then second half, it was it was just a different team, wasn't it? We were pressing, created chances with the post. Um, yeah. uh, Calvert-Lewin and Charleston had a couple of chances each. Um, and then obviously what happened at the end, but... On the basis of it, and looking at it objectively, you'd probably say a draw probably was a fair result because they had two guilt-side chances, didn't they, in the second half. Baines with an interception uh, towards the middle in the middle of the game, and then Pickford makes amends for um, yeah. for that amazing double save towards the I end of the game. I haven't actually watched that save back, so... Yeah, oh, it's, un- it's unreal. Yeah. He just throws himself at the second one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a weird game. It was a weird, weird game of football. Um, it was entertaining. Um I was impressed with us. Some some individuals I weren't impressed with, but it's all by the by. Um, but we should have won it, shouldn't we? Were you happy with the starting lineup? Because the it seemed a little bit unbalanced, didn't it? With Sigurdsson kind of playing on the left, I was quite happy with Davis and uh, Gomez together. I thought they actually played quite well, and I thought seeing one or two people saying Davis was poor, but I thought he actually had a good game. Well, I think I think funny you should say that, but I thought 
in the first half, Davis was poor. Yeah. And I think that's why we had a poor first half. Yeah. I think in the second half, he got a lot tighter to their midfield players. He put himself about a bit more. That That's what you're relying on Tom Davis to do in there, aren't you? Certainly when you've got a Theo Walcott and a Gilfie Sigurdsson out wide, that they don't want, they're not going to mix it. They're not going to get involved. Tom Davis is, you know, the, there's a lot of pressure on him there. And I think first half, he, he wasn't at the races. Second half, he was. And I think that went a long way to improving our performance. I think United found it more difficult to, to play through the middle of the park. Um, their, their, their play broke down a lot more, which allowed us to get on the ball and, and start making a few more things happen. Um, Sigurdsson on the left or the right, for that matter, doesn't work. And I don't, again, I've said this before, I don't think as part of a, of two players in midfield, it, that he doesn't work there either. And it's not his fault. That's the system that we've sort of fallen upon and it works for us it's at working, the moment. But unfortunately, that means there's no room in the side for Gilfie Sigurdsson. That was just you looked at that team on Saturday. And it was, it was and I don't, I don't really understand why why he goes with them on the left over yeah. Bernard. Well, is it strange then that Bernard, like I just said, didn't start? Well, at first, I thought when I saw the team, I thought as he tried to stick him in that Bernard, the, the role that Bernard usually plays, where on the basis of it on the paper, it looks like he's out left, but he can drift in and almost have, have like a bit of a free roll. But he wasn't. He was stuck out, stuck out on left. It was like a very rigid four four two. You can't, you can't keep shoehorning him into the team because I think it just cripples us. It's a weird one. Yeah. I think I've, I've, I've seen some people saying he's in there because he's, a, you know, he's good at set pieces and takes a good free kick and this, that, and the other. But that's no reason to completely unbalance a side. I think it's probably. I, I like Gilfie Sigurdsson as a as a footballer. I do. I think he's got attributes that are worth having in your team, but his worth to the team at the moment with this formation in this system is not enough to, to start him every week. And there's there are alternatives there, which is another thing that makes me wonder why he keeps... Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there was no one else there, then th- you could understand why he keeps getting put in. So I, I'm half defending him because, you know, he's playing out of position. Ask, ask Seamus Coleman to play up front, and I bet he, he'll look absolutely useless. Gil Sigurdsson's not a left winger by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm half defending him, but at the same time... I don't know why he keeps getting the nod. Is he sorry? Is no. he is he kind of like? Are we forgetting that Ancelotti's been in his job for what two three months? There's got to be a reason why he's doing it. Yeah, you know, is he is he basically saying right? All right, this is almost. I know there's things to play for, but is is, is Carlo Ancelotti just trying to get the feel for his entire team, seeing what what works, what doesn't work, what he can do? It's a blank canvas for him, really, when you think about it. And then he can go again in the summer, and and. Pick what he wants. Then it's all, it's like a it's almost like a weird preseason, isn't it? Is that what he's trying to do? Because he's done this a couple of times now. He did it against him. Um, was it West Ham away? And Bernard got hauled off at half time, and he put Gordon on. And don't be wrong, Bernard didn't have the best of games. I know we've been crying out for for um, for Gordon to have to get game time and things like that, but it just seemed to make no sense that that move. Do, do, I, I I don't totally get disagree with you, but do you think? It, then he's saying, well, an open Bernard's good enough to be on the left. So I'm just trying out other players there and next season Bernard could be the That's what the I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Is he, is he just, is he giving himself, right, I'm going 4-4-2. That's his, that seems to be the like the formation he's going for or a variation of it anyway. Is he just trying out different different aspects, that, uh, different players there? Because Wobi doesn't seem to be getting much of a look in under, under Ancelotti, does he? I mean... Depends what they're doing in training. You just might not yeah, be in Yeah, you know, or or is it that you know they're not are they not working themselves hard enough in training? So he's thinking well, you're not on the team then, kind of thing. But would a manager or should a manager do that when quite clearly we're still in with a shelf for Europa League football and 
we, we don't Champions League. We're, we're guessing though, aren't we? We don't know why he's doing it. He, yeah. You know, he might have attributes that Carlo Ancelotti feels do suit the team at this moment in time. And when I see a start a lineup like that, although you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking that doesn't look right. That's that's going to be unbalanced. That's that might not work. It's Carlo Ancelotti, so the other half of me says, "Well, just go with it because he knows what he's doing." He wasn't terrible, Sigurdsson, was he? I don't. You even no, you said I didn't think. Yeah, I didn't think he was terrible. No, I, I, you know, we going back to the Tom Davis point there. Tom Davis fell in the same category for me in the first half. I felt like they weren't doing. They were doing the simple things. But then messing up the final pass, and I felt in the second half the pair of them improved. They were getting the ball, and they were passing it, and they were making, they were making, you know, they were bringing the wingers into the game then, and they were doing the simple things well, which is what you want them to do, and that made them look better. It's when they try and overcomplicate it, which is what we try and do all the time. Tom Davis does it all the time, you know. He's, he he he'll get he'll win the ball like you were saying. What like you were saying? He, he's got to do. But then he was trying to take men on, and he's he's just not fast. He can't enough. take anyone on. Yeah, he's not, he's and, not that type of player. But Gilfie Sigurdsson's the same in the same same play. He's not fast, is he? Really, he's got no pace on him. Hmm. But I didn't think he had a bad game, Gilfie Sigurdsson. People will probably crucify me for saying that all, all over no, Twitter. I don't think he did, and he's playing out of position, isn't yeah. he? So he, you know, he's he's doing his best. I I genuinely think he's doing his best for the team. He's just not. I thought there was worse players than him on a pitch, at, on on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, staying with Tom Davis, I actually thought or think. When he's on his game, he's actually a really good passer of the ball yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. He I'll, put some decent balls in for Sadibi when he came on towards that right hand side. And it's when he does them simple things right. That's yeah. what that's what he, and that's what he's got to get. If he's got if he gets that right, then he, he looks like a world beater. It's when he tries to overcomplicate it. Or when he gets like he he gets bogged down in possession and he's got to realise he's he hasn't got the pace or or the strength to to, to work off of him. A Bruno Fernandes off the ball or something like that. He hasn't got that. No, he hasn't got any strength actually. Well, for, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It looks like he's running through sand at times. So get the ball, mate. Make the turn and pass. Mm. Don't you don't overcomplicate it. And if Gilfie Sigerson wants to make it a success out on that left hand side, if he's going to keep putting there, do the same. Because they didn't have bad games once they started realizing what they needed to do. I mean, it was a bizarre start to the game. I mean, Dominic Carver Lewin's open and goal, but they all count Dolty Graham. He was my man at the match, Dominic Carvert-Lewin. And I know you're... I've spoke to you outside the podcast and you yeah. can be quite critical of Dominic Carvert-Lewin, but he's scored again. The, the, only, the only thing I'm critical of, of, of Carvert-Lewin is his finishing. And I still maintain that he can't finish. Yeah, he did have that Look at the second goals opportunity, he didn't he? Yeah. Running in on he goal a, and he toe-poked it. He had a third opportunity as well in the second half and he was running through and he was towards the left-hand side. And a Charleston steaming in, yeah. and he goes for the shot. It's like you shouldn't have done that, mate. Mm. A good centre forward would know where to put. That. I know where Graham's going. I agree with what he's saying. A world class centre forward would have the intuition to to put that across the box. He does offer so much. He does, but I think I think it's quite telling that he looks a lot better with somebody up front with him because he's he's by no means the finished article, but he links the play brilliantly. He's big. He's strong. He works his socks off. Yeah. He runs channels. He, you know, he, he he's a proper. I've said this before. I think he's a proper number nine. He's a proper centre forward, and you need you do need that. You know, he, he, there's going to be times when he'll be he'll be he'll be invaluable. Um, I just think, he, although he is scoring goals at the moment, the chances that he should be scoring, he's not scoring. And then obviously, they're once in a once in a season goals like the one he scored against United that it was a fluke wasn't yeah, it yeah. I mean well done for closing the keeper down but how often does that happen do you know what I mean um, the, yeah. o- the, the, the only thing I can criticise him on is his finishing but as a, as a striker 
it's a pretty big part of your game, isn't it? You know, it is, and it, but he has got thirteen goals for this season. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because he played very well against Arsenal last week, and he scored that goal, and then he missed like quite a couple of other chances. But then you could argue that. Well, he, he's done his job by at least scoring one. The defence let the side down by conceding three against Arsenal. You know, you could say the same in this instance with what happened with Pickford and the playing out from the back. And But I, I, I agree. He's, but the positive for me is that he's finding himself in, in these spaces and the, getting these opportunities. And he's, he's at least taken one of them. Hmm. 13 goals, four behind Jamie Vardy, who's on 17, who's injured now. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I'm not saying he's going to be top goal scorer in the Premier League, but he's at least got to set himself a target, hasn't he, for the end of the season? Ten more games is it left, or something like that? It's, it's definitely, you know, it's come a long way. Yeah, and he's still a young lad, isn't he? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a professional footballer. I'm not. I'm not a manager or a coach. But surely, surely finishing something that can you can teach someone. I know they go on about strikers' instinct and you know, a fox in the box being in the right place at the right time. But like you've just said, he tends to be in the right place at the right time, doesn't he? Now, he just can't put the ball in the back of the net. But, you know... He's so, just become a powerhouse as well, I think. that can be taught. He His ran, physique, yeah, he's, yeah, he, he's a monster, isn't he? He's, he put, he's definitely put stars in. Yeah, he ran Lindelof Bigger, stronger, yeah. faster. No, he is. He's, he, I, I, don't get me wrong, I don't want to see him dropped. I don't want to see him out the side. I don't want to see Everton looking to get rid of him. He, he's a fantastic asset to have. Um, I just think if you're gonna lead the line and be, you know, be the main man up top for 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 a, a, a club aspiring to to go where we want to go, you gotta be able to put the ball in the back of the net nine times out of ten, yeah. not 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 two times out. I of mean, 10. Do you become world class though, like when you're doing that. Well, he will, only he? he will, but why, but why not? Why why can't he become? You know, what we we want world class strikers, mm. don't we? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, sometimes I think I'd rather him not be able to link the play and not be able to do the things that he does and just score 25 goals a season. Do you know what I mean? Because other, other, the, the, the difference between drawing a match or losing a match is, is it's it's scoring goals, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can, you can can have other players. Gilfie Sigurdsson can link the play, drop deep and play between the lines. There's other players that can do that. But to have somebody who is an you know, out-and-out goal scorer who puts the ball in the back of the net every chance, every other chance even that he gets... And scores 25, 30 goals a season. That's that's the difference. Hmm. Um, and I'm being, you know, really, really ambitious here, like saying that it should be he should be doing it already. But you know that that's that's the part of his game he's got to improve. No two ways about it for me. Does he meet your man of the match? No, he wasn't mine. No, I thought Baines or Holgate, but he's he's up there with them. I thought Baines and Holgate were fantastic. But back on to Dominic Calvert Lewin, I think as a striker, especially as a striker in a football team, you always. Try, you'd always want to make yourself go that one step further the season after. You could argue that this has been his breakout season, really, yeah, in terms yeah. of, like, you know, starting games, and he's, he's had, like, a, a massively consistent run in the team. Next season's so important for him to to, to, to to go on further and score more and improve on his game again, because otherwise he's just going to have them critics on his back all the time. I mean... I'm not saying he's going to be as good as, as him in any shape or form, but you look at the development of Harry Kane. Harry Kane edged his way into that Tottenham team, didn't he? He wasn't starting all the time. I think he... He had he, loans. He, yeah, he, you know, he wasn't at Leicester at one point and stuff, and he was playing in the Europa League for a lot for them. And all of a sudden, this one season... He went Millwall on loan, didn't he? Yeah, loads yeah. Of random teams. He, he had this one season where he started, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's a one-season wonder. And look at him. He's, he's, England's best, he's England's best striker. Yeah. 
See, and he, and but he, and he's in, he's England's best goal scorer. Isn't he's England's he? best goal because yeah. I'd almost argue, not that I've seen an awful lot of Harry Kane, but some of the things you see Calvert Lewin do now, he does it better than Harry Kane when he when he drops deep and you know he links play and you know he's a big strong lad. I think he puts himself about more than Harry Kane does. But Harry Kane scores. Harry Kane. If you if you want one player yeah. on the end of a ball in the penalty area, yeah. it's exactly. Harry Kane, isn't it? Because he'll because he'll bury it. So, and 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 his attitude as well. Harry Kane claims goals that aren't his. You can see when Harry Kane doesn't score how annoyed he is. I think Harry Kane would probably almost, you know, never admit this, but Harry Kane would rather score at Chick and Spurs get B43. That's the type of attitude you need, isn't it? That's yeah. what you want, yeah. a goal scorer. I want to score goals. I think... Well, you look I, at I remember, remember, look, in, fa- in fairness to him, Calvert-Lewin did do that on one occasion this, se- this season against City. The, the ball was, I think it was over the line or pretty much over the line. Coleman's chipped it in going in yeah. and he nods it in that's what I want to see from a striker I, I totally agree mm. with him there be ruthless take the goals if you if you, you know what stick him on penalties if that's the case as well well what's Kane now how old is he 26 something like that yeah 26 and he's around now, isn't Calvert he? Lewin's only 23 isn't he so it's, it's he's still got a couple you know, of he's years got, yet, he's, he, you can, he has but Kane's been doing it for Three or four three years. Or four, now, yeah. So, but that's what I mean. This is he, he's been edged into the team now, Carver Lewin, like Kane was with Tottenham. And Twenty-two on the Carver Lewin. Yeah, and Kane kicked on. Like Dominic Carver Lewin, if he wants to, if he wants to be that world-class striker, he got to kick on next season. He, he's he's fan. He'll probably get our player of the season if Super Bowl this year, and and rightly so. Mm. You know, or he, he'd be one of two, probably probably him and Richarlison, maybe. But he's got to kick on. He wasn't my man of the match, though. Holgate or um, Baines were. I thought Baines was just sensational all, all day. It's hard to disagree. I just thought Tom Carver Lewin led the line um, really well. Moving on then to the main event of the podcast. <laughs> what happened, lad? VAR. <laughs> um, Rob, just I don't even know what to ask, to be honest, but let's start with explaining your emotions. Well, I sat next to you at the game. I sat, so I sat next to you at the game, didn't I? You did. <laughs> and and the and the initially it was bedlam, and then I realised what had gone on, yeah. and I was like all the United players were complaining, and I stopped, and then everyone else started to sort of stop picking themselves up from the floor, weren't they? Yeah, but then you and then you thought, oh no, he's not going to give this here. This is something's not something's not right, and and then it was just it, it felt know what it felt like. It felt like when Newcastle equalised. A few weeks ago, that sucker punch that you think, oh, we've just we've just won that day and it should have been ripped away from us. That's what it felt like. I've looked at it unobjectively at the game, unobjectively after the game. The next day after I calmed down, I've looked, I'd look, I've looked at it, and I do not see how that is not given as a goal. The only way for me that that is given as offside is if the ball doesn't touch Harry Maguire. If if Calvert-Lewin shoots and it goes in that near corner and Gilfie Sigurdsson is still in the way. Or it touches Gilfie and or it, or it touch, in. Or it touches Gilfie. They're the only, that's the only way it's offside for me. He's not interfering. Gilfie Sigurdsson is not interfering with play. He's not interfering at all with um, the guy's line of sight either. He's lying down on the floor and moves his feet. He's not interfering with everything, anything at all. Yeah, He's... But like I said, the only way it can be given for me offside is if if it directly hit if if directly goes in via it without hit without touching Maguire. It's a dis- it was a disgusting decision to be honest with you. And then what annoyed me even more after it was was like 
all like the, it was almost like a, a little club, wasn't it? Of like referees and former referees and all that. They all back each other. The only, the only person I've seen say, referee that I've seen say that it should have stood is but the one and only Mark Lattenberg. Yeah, I was going to say that. that. I know, yeah. yeah. What, does, what that, does that yeah. say to you? Well, he said he would have he he given it as a goal. He would have given it as a goal. But the, the linesman did give it, didn't he? The linesman did award the goal. I don't know what that was about because he seems to like kind of flag or... That, as far as I know, the linesman awarded the goal and said that Sigurdsson yeah. wasn't... wasn't. But he didn't touch the ball. He, yeah. You know, and it was... It was He's not interfering. It was John Moss. Yeah. It was the VAR official that, that disallowed Yeah, the he's goal. gone into the... Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, are we being a little... I can't even say harder than right, him. But the, 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 it, it never should have gone to VAR because it's not a clear and obvious error. Yeah, it's that's, that's subjective. It, yeah. It's subjective, yeah. It was always going to go to VAR, though, wasn't it? Just the way thing, things are going. Are we I, being a little bit harsh on... Um, I say his name, Chris what? Cabana. I can't think of another word to come from. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we being a little bit harsh on him and the linesman then? Because he has given the goal as far as we're aware. But he's been overruled. And he's, he? He, can't, he hasn't gone to the, the sidelines. He hasn't no. gone to the monitors. It's it's probably John Moss who we kind of... I mean, in all fairness, he'd had a, he had a poor game anyway in general, mm. the referee. Um, but in, t- in terms of the actual goal, sympathy, he probably does need a little bit of sympathy because it's we've gone a bit nuts, haven't we? It, 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 it. You could all right. You could split this into two arguments, couldn't you? The first argument is: is it a goal or not on the face value of it? And the second argument is: what's the role in VAR and all this? Because I keep reading everywhere that the referee's decision's final. The referee's decision is final. But he's he's being told, isn't he? He's being advised. So he's just, he spoke to his linesman who's live at the game. But we don't know and if he spoke to the linesman about that though. What's he going to spoke to him about then? I don't, that's what that's what I was trying to say. It, it felt a bit weird. Why is he? Why has he gone to the linesman? From from what I've read, that the linesman award, the the linesman awarded the goal. Or well, he, mm. he told the referee to award the goal. He said, you know, Sigurdsson's not not interfering with play. So, but but when the referee disallows the goal, he makes the VAR sign, doesn't he? He makes the the the, the yeah. Does this allow? So so VAR's so, overruled it. So it was VAR. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how it even got to VAR. I've already said it because it, it's not. That's not a clear and obvious error to say that he. There, there is no way. There is absolutely no way whether Gilfie Sigurdsson sat there or not. The guy is saving that shot. He's exactly. not saving it. End and he's not story. even in the line of sight. He's not in the, the line of sight. Mm. How can he be? How well, can he, be? he might be, but he's not blocking him. No. How can he be interfering with play? He sat on the floor. He cannot get more innate or or, or uninvolved in the match. He sat on his backside on the floor he's not interfering with play he doesn't touch the ball that that's been the rule since I can remember now I don't particularly yeah. agree with the rule you know you should be offside if you're offside but that's not the rule the rule is is he interfering with play they even talk about phases of play now do you know what I mean yeah. well I thought a second phase of play should have started as soon as he touches Maguire he's, it's a goal it's a goal all day long and I, I actually I know you asked like what, what the overriding emotion for Rob was but I did. I didn't know how to feel. I, I got angry, and then I got, like you say, I got gutted, and then I just sort of felt like, what's the point anymore? Mm. I almost just for a split second just gave up, and I thought, I don't want to. What What is the point? Yeah, this is. I agree. I, I don't even want to. I'm not interested anymore. That this, just ruining it. It's just going too far now. It's just killing everything. I just, you just feel numb to it. You're just like, what are we doing this for? What's the point? 35,000 Everton fans for the best part of 10 seconds were an absolute dreamland there, right? And that was taken away from them by a 
I nearly swore then. A, a <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible decision from all parts of that. those officials, from the guys on the pitch to the ones behind VAR, right? If they're killing the game like that, then something's really, really got to be done. We've said this before, VAR, it, the, the, the tool itself works. It's the clowns that, that are using it, that are ruining it. Mm. You know, incompetence. It, you know, you look at you look at some of the decisions that, for just on Everton this season, the Keane penalty, the Brighton, Brighton one, yeah. disgusting, absolutely no, Kenny no Lee way. Came on, out and said it was a mistake. Yeah, no way on God's green earth is that ever a penalty. You know what I mean? You've got that one. Um, you've got the handball that was a Deli Ali the Tottenham game. Yeah. yeah. If the the ball's floating over, is your arm on on that position? It was up there. We said been, he was under pressure. That's why the penalty wasn't given. Well, yeah. it's a contact and then, sport. And then, you know, I, I was looking on Twitter like a bit later on in the night and you wonder why Everton fans have got the right to have a complex, I think, about referees and VAR and, and, and potentially being a conspiracy because someone put a stat up saying the amount of goals that United have had overturned against them. It's, a, it's 10. 10 goals overturned. How many have Everton had like in their favour? None. Yeah. yeah, goals. Yeah, we have had VAR decisions in our favour, I think, but we haven't had anything like that. You know, and it, I'm sure the Tottenham game, one of them got overturned, didn't they? Yeah, there was a we had a penalty. This no, 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 no. Some, it's some, we've definitely had, you know, little things that have helped us in VAR, but we haven't had anything like that. Where we haven't had a match-winning thing no. like that, and. Everything's been it, against us. It's, it, 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 you, you do have to question that then, don't you? Because you only have to look at a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you, you've seen it and the listeners um seen it, but Harry Maguire should have clearly been sent off yeah, against yeah, Chelsea yeah. Yeah. for the exact same thing. That's Sunday again against Chelsea, yeah. So it's it's quite the, clearly favouring the, the bigger clubs. The United goal when Fred pushes Aspilicueta. Yeah. He, he pushes, pushes Aspilicueta into another United player and then the referee gives a foul. Against Aspilicueta. And as well, right, all right, going, you're talking about there about, you mentioned there about phase, phases of play. There's three phases of play in that entire 10 seconds, right? When that, Don't forget, the reason Gilvie Sigginson's in that position is because Adam Wambasaka has completely them, took wiped them yeah. out. Has completely, and Matt Letizia, Matt, Matt Letizia came out on Twitter after and went, it wasn't given because it's not the done thing to be given. This happens all the time. Hmm. He was wiped out. He was he was absolutely polaxed by Wambasaka. Do you think they're telling and that's the why he's in that position about whether they reviewed that penalty decision or not? Because I don't think they are. I think it'd come up though. It'd come up on the that's screen. That's what I mean. Yeah. I think they've. It's been obviously looked at the um, the offside and the goal, and then a couple of people have then mentioned, well, it should be a penalty, and they've looked back at that and thought, well, it's not enough to be a penalty. Well, like Rob just said, then he clearly wiped them out. I know he might have got the shot, shot off, but he still got wiped out whatsoever. So if it's not a goal because of offside, then it's it should be a penalty. I mm-hmm. think John Moss, as he was the VAR referee, he's he's lying. Do you know what I I, I said this to you after the game on Sunday, on on Sunday? If VAR in a world where VAR doesn't exist, right? I think straight away that flag goes up as offside, and I, and the reason behind it is is because they know. Them referees and linesmen know that they're but, not going to be the, the bad. Referee, they're not going to be the, the bad guys. The linesman gave the goal out, or the referees are sitting no, gave no, no. the goal, didn't he? So, so. But they, they they know though it's going to go to VAR anyway, 
I think in their heads, subliminally now, it's in their, it's in their heads to say, you know what? If I get this wrong or I don't give it, it's going to go to VAR anyway. It's going to get fixed. The, the My, more I think about it, and I know you're saying like VAR as a tool works, which to a point I agree with you because you get to watch things back and see them again, but it's flawed because all you're doing is giving somebody the chance to make their opinion on what's happened, but they get to watch it two or three times. But it's still subjective. It's still down to that person's opinion. Yeah. So it, do, it it's, it's irrelevant, isn't it? I, I All day long, I, I would say that that's a goal, but obviously John Moss says that it's not. And th- it sort of annoys me then because like 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 Rob said, you, you see these pundits and ex-referees and stuff all sort of sticking together and they're so flippant about it. If Everton miss out on a, on a European place, a Europa League place by, by two points now come the end of the season, that'll be where we've lost those two points. And people are just like, oh yeah, I've got this lad. You know, and and it does it, it it's a massive big deal. Like these sendings offs and goals and stuff. The whole reason VAR came in is because people were saying this is going to cost the club forty million quid when they get relegated. But nothing's changed. It's just that they get to watch it another time and make the same mistake again. Yeah, get it, rid of it. It's still a level of consistency. I mean, it was highlighted on Twitter by a number of uh, people as well. Uh, the amount of I think two goals this season have been scored when a player has been stood in an offside position in front of the goalkeeper. And they've been they've been allowed. So there's just no level of consistency no. whatsoever, no. even with VAR. There was one last night. There was one there, last night, yeah. yeah. I, I was just gonna say that. There was one last night. What was that night? It was a uh, similar situation. The ball comes ball Arsenal, comes in. wasn't it? Yeah, but the Arsenal game, the ball comes in. First was it the first goal? First goal, yeah. yeah. First goal. The the, the the Arsenal player is standing in front of the keeper in an offside position. Obviously he doesn't touch it. Ball goes in, goal given. But there's no VAR, is there? No, uh, VAR, uh, no. Uh, no check. Because they played Portsmouth, so there's no VAR. So uh, there's no did VAR. Did they suggest available. that if there was VAR, then nobody batted an eyelid. Nobody said a word. The commentary players, no one appealed. Nothing. I think one. I think one thing. What solves it is scrap Stockley Park. Scrap it. Do you think it should just go straight down to the referees running over to the monitors? Yeah, like it works in Spain. But and, even then, no. In the World Cup, I remember it wasn't all rose. It ro- I'd get rosy. rid of the thing completely. Everyone, you, they, they make mistakes with VAR. They make mistakes without VAR. But at least, at least we didn't lose the emotion and the and the and the excitement and the furore around goals. Like it's I just, still think it's it can work it. for offside decisions. I'm not saying it has. But even worked. that's gone. Like, do you know what? It's like maybe you'll think I'm talking rubbish, but. I, I, I watch players. I watch players walk ten yards down the touchline with the ball for a throw-in from where it should have been taken. Now that's gaining an unfair advantage. Yeah, You're cheap. gaining, te- but then a goal will be disallowed because a player's shoelace is is further forward than the defenders. That's not gaining an unfair advantage. Walking ten, fifteen yards down and it further up the pitch with the ball is. So, you know, you've you've got to draw a line somewhere. And my line would be scrapping it. Just get rid of it. Again, another thing what irked everyone afterwards, it was the reaction of the referee. Like you mentioned there, they're so flippant. And that's what it was like on Saturday. Oh, sorry, on Sunday. He, Carlo Ancelotti, I'm sure you're probably going to get onto this, but Carlo Ancelotti walks over to Chris Kavanagh, right, and his linesman. None of them look him in the eye. And he doesn't go over, he's not going over on the bounce. He's, he's not doing what Pep Guardiola did against the Anfield and, and screaming Michael Oliver's face. He's not doing anything like that. He's going over, asking for an explanation. And then... Do you get told not to say anything? And they get told not to say anything. And then... But, but didn't you know have to send them off, did he? Because he just said, listen, Carlo, I'll talk, I'm not going to speak to you. I'll talk to you in the dressing room. Talk to you in the dressing room, yeah. They probably but don't then, even do that, though, do they? 
but then you've got what, what was it he actually said to him you're you're off or, or get off or he said it was a, it was him off you go it was off you go off you go and pointing oh. and it's like you know what I mean the, the little <laughs> worm <laughs> honestly well in, in all fairness to him he didn't make the decision no. did he which is no. I agree but he had a he had a poor game in general but he's probably thinking he Carlo's gone over on the bounce which I'm all for by the way but then he's thinking. Like, what do you want me to say? The goal was actually, you know, not chalked well, out by me. He could have said that thing, couldn't he? Yeah, he could have. It was yeah, VAR yeah. explaining and just... Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think the the prob- they probably are told, just keep your mouth shut. And it, But unfortunately, it comes across as they're being quite arrogant and, like you say, flippant, and it, it doesn't doesn't help them. You hear the rugby referees all the time explaining mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. to the players respectfully, and the, the, those rugby players... High end, high quality, you know, top internationals. They respect the referees, yeah, 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 yeah. and it's the complete opposite in football because the silence. It's just a, it's just a killer. It's deafening. It. You know what? I, I was watching. This is a few weeks ago. This I was watching the um, the Wolves Leicester game at um, at Molyneux on a, on a Friday night, and Mike Dean was the referee, and it was at half time when um, Wolves had just had that goal disallowed. And Connor Cody is trying to get an explanation off Mike Dean. He's trying to get an explanation as to why his goal's been disallowed. And Mike Dean literally just points to his ears and goes, he gave it. He did, he gave. That's, that's not fair. That's not fair on these players. That's not, it's fair, not fair on, on the ref. It's not, fair, it's not fair on the ref and it's not fair on the fans. So if they want more respect, take it back to the drawing board and start explaining things properly. Be accountable for your decisions. But it needs better match day experience for the fan who's at the game as well. You know, it, whether they put it on Remember, it was replayed at the game, wasn't it? In the grounds. I, I don't know whether was, that was meant to happen. To be I honest. think the club did that on purpose. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't. Yeah, like because there was absolute outrage and uproar just just from me alone. To be honest, because in the ground, in the ground as well. I don't know whether what whether they showed this on the tele, how they showed it on the telly or not. But we obviously had no sound. But it made they were making out like did it touch Gilfie Sigurdsson? Is that why they were? What that's why they the um why they were checking it. And in the gr- what when we were in the ground? When we were in the ground, you know, they had the, they had the lines and stuff on and all that nonsense. And, and yeah. it, it's no, if he had touched it, then it's 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 right. It's it? it's right. I mean, it's it's irrelevant and it's a matter of opinions. So I'll ask both here, but just trying to throw a cat amongst the pigeons, even more so. If that's the other end, it's given, and it's United goal in inverted commas. It's given. What do you reckon? Nailed on. It's given. Absolutely as in, nailed on. Do you think it's given, or do you think what do you think it should do you, be given? Do you think? Do you think they'd award that if if, if it was Manchester oh, yeah, United? Probably, yeah. I do as well. If that's Manchester United, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, that I goal, that goal, that goal's given. They probably I don't do. even check it. If no. that goals are all Trafford um, Anfield against any other team, that's given. I just I nailed the, on. The, the problem is that the reason in Premier the Premier League have given or like the full reason. It's it's just so inconclusive. You know, this is literally the quote: Sigurdsson was in an offside position directly in the line of vision of David de Gea and made an obvious action that impaired de Gea's ability to make a save. Well, I don't know what action that was. He was lying on the floor for one, and if he was he, doing he, star jumps in front yeah. of the Gea, then I can completely. He, he didn't. He moved. His, oh. He moved his feet out the way. He didn't move his foot towards the ball. Again, this has been touted out so many times on Twitter. The Gaia's line of vision clearly what when 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 Lumen has the shot, the hair can see that shot and he moves to save the ball. The deflection means he's wrong footed and he's not getting anywhere near it. Sigurdsson has not impeded his view in any way, shape, or form, and he's not interfering with play because he sat on the floor after after being fouled. Yeah. You know, and if it's if it is offside, it's a penalty and they haven't even bothered to, to give that. So, you know, I mean, the most frustrating thing for me is if Sigerson 
he scores the goal. If scores the goal, none of this happens, does yeah. it? But <laughs> it is what it is. Um, all right, well, I can see you blood boiling there, so we will move on. The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. We want to talk about Jordan Pickford. We, we keep talking about Jordan Pickford on the podcast and it's not all positive stuff. It's kind of mixed really, isn't it? I mean, obviously it was at the game, so I saw this afterwards. Um, Roy Keane basically saying he's just not a very good goalkeeper. We just go along with that? No, I, I just think it's because he hasn't got the competition. I think he's lazy. I think he's got lazy. Tuesday, Tuesday, Sunday was the best and worst of Jordan Pickford again. It was like the, pal- uh, the Palace But we, game. we were getting the best and worst of Jordan Pickford seemingly every weekend. I just it's, don't it's think... It's costing us now a little bit, isn't at it? At the minute, he, oh no, I, I'd agree. He's, but he's got a 19-year-old kid on the bench there who's who's pushed it. That's not pushed. That's not being pushed. That's My, my place is if there's no way I'm being dropped here. And I think he's getting a bit complacent. And I, I do agree, maybe in the summer... If things haven't improved, that we have got to have like a more serious conversation about them. But you're gonna to need to get a keeper in to see if he's a keeper. Just is that all right? It, on the other hand, who would you have instead of him in the Premier League now? Like a cheat attainable? I don't know because you, you're gonna you're never really gonna come like bring someone in who's gonna replace Pickford. Really, it's, it is someone who's gonna be young and up and coming. But even then, that's. It's hit and miss, isn't it? As as has been proved over the past two or three seasons, I, I I think he's got issues at the minute. I think he's definitely got issues. Whether it's pressure through England, whether it's he just hasn't got the he, he's he's quite clearly got the the ability and the attributes. Because look at the saves that he's he, he made to, to actually save the game. But that Fernandez shot, poor. That. It's very poor. Um, I listened to the last podcast. It was. You spoke about him then, didn't you? And well, I, I don't want to keep bringing him up, but no, we have I, to keep bringing him up. I heard, you know, people saying lack of competition, you know, certain things like that. I think I think the lad's just having a bad run of form. Yeah. I think he's a good goalkeeper. He's not a world-class goalkeeper. He's a good goalkeeper. Um, I think he's low on confidence because because he's not in a, in a good run of form. And, and as we all know, when goalkeepers make mistakes, invariably, they result in goals, don't they? Um, and all his mistakes seem to be coming all at once. Um I just, I just think he's having a bad run. I think the worst thing you could do now is drop him or start talking about no one's selling him in the transfer really window. Mm. I think the competition thing, you know, it, it's it's a reasonable argument. Um, but who, who Sheffield United's number two? I don't even know. But that Henderson doesn't, he doesn't seem to be having any problems motivating himself or playing well. I mean, or, even like Liverpool, Allison. I know that. Um, What's his name's had a couple of games, but it's only because he's been injured. Just, he's not pushing him for the place. No, really. he's, he's having a bad. Adri- he's Adrian, just having like, a bad run of form. I think. I think every player does, don't they? You know, um, there's, there's been a few other players within the Everton team who, 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 who we all know have got the ability to play well, but just haven't been um, in in the recent past. But you know, if 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 a midfield player gives the ball away, you know, you can you got a chance to win it back. You know, if if, if Jordan Pickford dives over the ball. It's gone in. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's the worst position, isn't it, to be out of form? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, goal, you know, strikers go through barren patches. You know, midfielders go through giving the ball away all the time and, you know, they, they'll try and avoid it. They don't want it. Um, goalkeepers goalkeepers can't hide either. Um, and 
I just think I just think he's having a, a bad run of form. I think he's a good goalkeeper. I don't think it's a priority to sign a goalkeeper in the summer. Uh, I'd prioritise other positions before that. Um, and I, 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 I think it'll pick up for him. I do. I think it'll pick up for him, and, he, and he'll be all right. He doesn't seem the type of person to, to um, you know, let let it sort of get to him. Yeah. Take take away from his belief in himself or anything like that. Obviously, I did say he's low on confidence, and he is. But you know, he, he made up for the the mistake for me on on Sunday with the the save in the second half. Um, Seems to do that every game, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's <laughs> a good he makes up. Make, we're having we have the same conversation same every week up, about yeah. Jordan. Pickford. Best and worst, best and worst. I mean, just staying on the Man United incidents. Quite clearly, he was a fall for the shot. Um, but a lot of people were, you know. Annoyed at the fact that we kept playing out from the back. It was poor. The goal, not just Pickford, who, who absolutely 100% should have saved it. But I think when the ball comes out, and I, I can't remember, he gives it, but someone passes it to Walcott. And, and the effort he makes to try and mm. retain possession is, is abysmal. No, that, so that's what we're going to talk about. So it goes from yeah. Pickford to Holgate yeah. to Coleman to Walcott, who, yeah. who loses who, it. Who, yeah. And um, then I don't think Davis is on the on the, on the the boil getting to close the... the, the Ball down yeah. once it's broke. Once Walcott's lost it, I just think it was a uh, it was a really poor goal to concede in 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 almost all aspects. Um, but it it, 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 it should a, be saved. It's, a, it's an easy save, yeah. isn't it? Really, it's, but, bit of, it's your bread and butter in it. That, that as a goal, as a goalie. In terms of playing out, though, Pickford's and not just Pickford, the whole team are being clearly told to do that by Angelotti because it's not as if we're getting the the um, the fullbacks or the two centre backs to go. Wide of the penalty area, we're actually it's it's, it's a two like yard passes. I know what I mean. Yeah. So it's it's an actual ploy that we're yeah. doing. It's a tactic yeah. that we're using, which was clearly used to bring United onto pressers, so we could find a little bit of space. So I get that's why we were doing it, but I think we did it twice, and it, it, it didn't work, and nearly contributed to us conceding chances at least. So the third time, just go long for a little bit, just just Sell don't do town. it, mm. and again, 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 keep coming back to it. It comes back to about being strong enough to say, right, this hasn't worked over the past five or ten minutes. This is Pickford, I mean, in his mindset. Mm. Let's just hit it long. Because we know we've got Dominic Carver-Lewin, the powerhouse forward, who can win we're, first we're, and yeah. second balls. But we didn't, and we, we gave it away. Frustrating. Would you do something like Boss doesn't tell you to do, though? Well, no, that's what I mean. So he's that's clearly, you know he's clearly been told to do it. So I've got it, yeah. sympathy for him. Yeah. But the mistake, the main mistake comes from... Five, six times. It wasn't two. It wasn't twice. It was four, five, six times. We tried that in the first yeah, half. I was, yeah, yeah. It, it, and it just didn't work. Yeah. It was the second half when we stopped doing that. Um, I think Graham's right though. That the likes of Walcott and Coleman are probably getting off a little bit more scot free than they should. Mm. I mean, looking back at the goal, I mean, I raised at them all on 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 Sunday with it. But looking back now, it's either a terrible ball from Coleman to to, to Walcott. Or a complete distinct lack of effort from Walcott to win the ball. It's a mix of both of them. I wouldn't say it's on Holgate or, or Pickford on, on the goal, really. I mean, it's, it's on Pickford because he lets the shot in, but the build-up to it, it's that it's Coleman I, and Walcott I, for me. It is, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But I think I think Davis has to make more effort there. To try he, and, oh, he should be tighter for Fernandez, yeah, yeah, without yeah. a doubt, mate. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, yeah. Mm. But if he's, if he's, he's already on the back foot because he's not expecting... Was to give possession up that cheaply, mm. I suppose. In it, that I think mm. that's probably where you give Davis the benefit of the doubt in a way. Yeah, if Pickford saves it, this conversation's redundant, isn't it? We're not having it. Um, and he, and he absolutely, definitely should save it. But you know, it, there's, there's obviously there's still work to do, isn't there? And if that's what Ancelotti wants them to do, then you know they're going to have to get better at it. Um, 
I do agree with what you're saying, Ian, in, you know, it, it, that's your game plan, but, you know, sometimes you have to just go against the grain, don't you? And you have to be, you know, strong enough and, and, and almost professional enough to, to, to read a game and, and dictate a game, you know what I mean? That's what they say, you know, good players can see how a game's going, can't they? And see how a passage of play is going and then they do something to control it, to, you know, control the tempo, dictate the tempo, change the way the way the game's panning out. And, you know, if you're under the cosh a lot and you're giving the ball away a lot, I think sometimes going route one, even if it's only for five minutes, you know, that can, that can yeah, alleviate yeah, that, pressure, yeah. get players up the park, can't it? You know what I mean? I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, the concerning thing for me, for, for Pickford anyway, you know, you don't have to look at the example that Guardiola had with Joe Hart and mm. he obviously wanted his keeper to be really good with the ball and mm. play out from the back and quite clearly Hart wasn't good enough to do that. Got rid, got someone else and who can do that. Now, I think Angelotti's a bit more flexible than Guardiola in terms of whether playing out from the back or going route one, but quite clearly he wants his goalkeeper to be able to, well, know the times to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it doesn't. I mean, it. it I, I agree with what you're saying. Absolutely. You know, Pickford. Pickford needs to, you know, read that and 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 do whatever the game necessitates at the time. But it could be centre half as well, couldn't it? It could be Seamus Coleman. When Seamus Coleman gets that ball there, he goes right. This is going route one. This is going diagonal. I'm gonna. Hit, I'm gonna hit Calvert Lewin on the head. It doesn't necessarily have to be Pickford. Um, but I don't think Angelotti's coming out going. Jordan, you need to play off from the back every time no, as a goal. No, kick. I don't either. So it's it's up to Jordan then to yeah. to know when yeah. the pressure's on and when it's not really working. Absolutely, decision making, innit? It's like it's ninety percent of the game, innit? They can all pass a ball, they can all trap a ball, they can all control a ball. It's knowing when to do the right thing at the right time, innit? And that's just part of it. Um, so yeah, that 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 needs to improve definitely. Um, but you don't you, you make mistakes, you can see goals, don't you? Or like. I don't think players do things thinking, what if I make a mistake here? Do you know what I mean? That, that I, I don't think that goes through the thought process. So, you know, the, the, it's good that they're trying to do these things, but you are right in saying that, you know, the decision-making is not always, always good. But that's the same for any team and any player. No, I guess, mm, I absolutely. All right, well, we'll just finish off the podcast with a brief, brief preview of the Chelsea game. Um, Rob, past couple of weeks well before the Arsenal game let's say um, many said that you know the matches between Arsenal United Chelsea it would be fantastic if we were to get five to six points out of those those games the most now we're going to be able to get is four um, we're obviously on one now and then if we beat Chelsea mm. we'll get four but um, a little bit disappointing that we haven't managed to get the win in the past two games so how do you see the Chelsea game, it's a ground that we just don't have a good record at all is yeah it? I mean same with same with, same with uh, Arsenal though isn't it we didn't have a good record there and yeah. it's it, it's a bit of a European six-pointer isn't it I think if we lose the game I think Europa League's probably even might have to start looking behind us for relegation again <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I think Europa League probably probably be a bit of a big ask at that but if we, lo- if we lose the game um, if we win you know we're well in contention for um, a Europa League spot with an outside chance of fifth maybe a very slim outside chance. Wolves depending. keep winning as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I think even because City was different. Yeah. You know, it, it's a must win. You know, if we want to, if we want to stay, it, it, I know it sounds simple, and but it is. If you want to stay in with a shot of it, then we've got to beat them at the end of the day. And fingers crossed, we do. I've got. I don't really have much hope in us actually beating them there, but 
you've got you've got to try, haven't you? Um, if we play like we did in the second half on sun, on Sunday, we've got to we'll give ourselves a fighting chance. I mean, Chelsea are very inconsistent. Graham. Yeah, they've had some poor results at home, haven't they? They've got um, a very congested fixture list coming up. Yeah. Um, um, so, what are of, of the games that you mentioned, that I fancy those at home to United. To, I, fa- mm. I fancy that's where we pick three points up, no doubt about it. Um, but like you say, Chelsea, Chelsea are inconsistent. They're, they're not great at home. Um, I watch, I know, I know we're no Bayern Munich, but I watched Bayern Munich tear the back out of them last week. Um, I think I remember Bournemouth beating them at home not too long ago as well. Yeah. They, they struggled the Bournemouth on home, they they? struggled the Bournemouth on Saturday. Didn't um, they? Yeah, I think they got only got a point there. Yeah. It's it's going to be very very difficult. Uh, I just echo what Rob said. Um, I don't I don't think we're going to go there and win, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, it's a big game. I think if we don't come away with three points, then Europa League's looking way off. But you know you you got to go with that attitude, haven't you? Of you know, we, we can win the game. I don't think that a miles better side than we are. Um, having said that, I'd probably take a point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do, um, I know it's early days, but predictions, let's say your prediction. 1-1. One, 1-1? One. One, one. Yeah. Be negative, go for the show. It's positive? <laughs> I know, I think I'll probably be even more negative. I think I think we'll probably just get edged out 2-1. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult. I just think the week we've had... Mm. It's probably going to end up. Isn't um, uh, isn't Jorginho suspended? I didn't say it. He got picked up a book and there was. I seen something in the Echo saying a, a boost for Everton with his Chelsea suspension. It's one of the midfielders. I'm pretty certain it's Jorginho. Potentially, don't know. Could be wrong, but that's a big that's a big help for us. If uh, I know because no Kante's out as well as well, isn't he? So I'm going to go one 0 to Chelsea. I'm going to be proper negative. <laughs> I said we could see two goals and get beat, so I'm more negative. <laughs> All right, well, lads, uh, thank you for coming on. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's been it's been good, hasn't it? It's yeah, like I've to, said this before, it's like therapy, this. We like to have a rant, <laughs> don't we? Um, so, Graeme, thank you. No Rob, worries. thank you. No worries, and Paul. to everyone listening out there, you have been listening to The View from the Gladys Street fan podcast on the Royal Blue channel. You've been listening to The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.